This week's podcast is brought to you by The 80s Cruise. Come join Spearsy and me on the 2018 voyage, along with Loverboy, Thomas Dolby, Billy Ocean, Berlin, The Tubes, Mike and the Mechanics, and other amazing 80s bands. Hey, don't forget Rick Springfield, who's both hosting and performing on the cruise. Wait, don't you guys normally do this pitch as a skit? Shouldn't there be some joke in here about how Spearsy is never going to leave his cabin, blah, blah, blah? Shh, Jen, Jen, you're going to throw us off. Not even a joke about how bad you and Steve are as trivia hosts? Hey, that's not funny. That's our bread and butter. Anyway, the 80s cruise is March 17th through the 24th on the Celebrity Summit, and you can save on your booking if you use the special promo code STUCK when booking. We'll post the exact rates on our website, www.sit80s.com. Can we talk about how Grimace and Brad became unlikely lovers this year? Hey, you weren't even on the ship. There's no way you could know about something like that. And that never happened. Oh, it happened. Everyone is still talking about it. Eh, she's got a point about that, you know. Whatever. Just go to www.the80scruise.com for more information. And be sure to tell them you heard about it through Stuck in the 80s. And that Grimace sends his love. Ugh, I'm pretty sure Grimace was a she. You just keep thinking that, Brad. See you next March, everyone, on the Celebrity Summit. Now let's get on with the show. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the music. You can't have the Pretender's first album. That's mine. I bought it. You did not. The catchphrases. Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? And the wannabes. Sometimes I see you dance around the house in my underwear. Doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And B-Rad. And this week is part two of our look at albums that turned 30 this year. Only this week, our picks will be a little bit more unusual. Live people ignore the strange and unusual. I myself am strange and unusual. And back this week to help us out, we're all in a better mood now, it's Jen with one N. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Do you like that? Do I sound like um, maybe a neighbor uh, on a, a yeah, yeah, you're the like, 80s? exactly. Like, like yeah. we have a Dutch door in the 80s recording studio and you just come and lean on it. Do you guys have any beers? I'm out of beers. I feel like I'd come and gossip or something. Do you remember that show when Brad did the uh, with shotgun to beer? Was that the sure thing? Were you shotgun uh, to beer? Was on the sure thing. Yep, yep. Was it a Coors Light? Can you confirm or it was a Coors, It was a Coors Light. I always have some Coors Light in the garage. So here's how we're... In the garage. <laughs> Yeah, I have a refrigerator out there for the Coors okay. Light. Come on, I'm an American white male. I'm You're required by law to do okay. that. I get it. I get it. That's funny. I love having a garage refrigerator. I don't have one now. It's a small uh, I, one. I don't have like a giant one. It's like a big dorm refrigerator. But I will soon. Spears is yeah. getting a new lair. Woohoo! Very excited. This will be like lair number five for me. But Look, this is an old house. It's going to need some work. You've got to expect that. I didn't expect that water. It had legs. Oh, it'd be Home decorated is where the heart is, Piercy. Yeah, Home is yeah. where the heart is. I'll put your little welcome mat out front that says uh, the Spears layer on it. So Excellent. That'd be nice. Uh, so here's the deal. So last week we did um, some of the more popular albums that turned 30. 
2017, albums that we loved and made a connection with from 1987. So we're back this week, and we each have an album to talk about that maybe was a little bit off the radar. So, Brad, why don't you get it started? What's your uh, pick for an off-the-radar album from 1987? My pick this week is The Cars Door to Door. Can I just say how much I love this song, You Are the Girl? It's so good. It is so, so good. good. <laughs> and I just, it's so funny because I have to place this mentally on the Greatest Hits album. Uh, like, it's not, I, there's a, um, Tonight She Comes is the new song that's on right, the Greatest right, Hits album. Right, right, that right, was right. released like a year or so. But I just, I took in my mind, I took this song, I put it on that album, and I forgot that this album even existed. A lot of people do. I mean, yeah. I think of uh, Heartbreak, Heartbreak City as being the the big last album, but it wasn't. Well, th- it was the big last album. This is their last studio album until the 2011's Move Like This, which I'm horrified to realize that's five years old. Five years old. Oh, We're not doing an anniversary show. Yeah, anniversary yeah, show on Move Like This. <laughs> but uh, this is a uh, – it just it kind of falls in the cracks there, but it was the last album um, with – the original lineup, the last live album, or I'm sorry, the last studio album. And it was, I think it was an attempt for them to kind of, they were trying to work through some things like maybe we'll go back to the, like kind of break it down in a little simpler style. Um, and it's almost like you, now you can see the things were about to fall apart. Like they were about to go their separate ways. And it was like, well, well let's give this relationship one more try boys. Um, did it work? No, I don't think it did. Um, the album, in a lot of ways, sounds very much like The Sight of Paradise, which is Rick Ocasek's um, solo album that was out the year before. Um, so if you like that, you'll probably like this. But it's got some really cool stuff on it. It's got that, uh, you know, You Are the Girl, and it's got a couple other kind of older songs that they resurrected that they hadn't ever had never, um recorded, except for maybe for demos or things. Yeah, I mean, the video for You Are the Girl is kind of... Interesting. Oh my cars, gosh! Yeah, we have to talk about that. The, <laughs> the cars usually make so, so many great videos. Like when I think some of the great videos of the eighties, it's the cars, and then they put out "You Are the Girl," which looks like it was recorded in nineteen eighty one. Seriously, but Rick Ocasek looks so normal in this video. I'm like, he doesn't look <laughs> at all weird. I mean, I like, say, hey, that's a good looking guy. You know. <laughs> Huh. Well, I guess uh, you know Paulina had worked his ma- her magic on him. Oh my God! I wish I looked as uh, as screwed up as Rick Ocasek did in nineteen eighty seven. Let's just put it that way. Have you seen this video, Jen? I haven't. No. Oh, you, you have to watch it. It is okay. just so bizarro. It starts out there. It's kind of this Star Trek looking thing where they're in the bridge of this all silver ship that's strangely phallic shaped, um, as spaceships often are. Um, and they're, you know, he's talking to his girlfriend on the space phone and she's making faces at him. Like, and he's like, oh, how come, you know, you've, you've left me. And then literally as he's talking on the phone to her, there's a graphic of the earth getting blown away in a nuclear war. <laughs> like, oh, bummer. What on earth is going on? Yeah, I yeah. know. It's sad. And, and then, you know, the, the big problem that these guys have is they lack female companionship, it seems. So that's basically the theme of the rest of the video. And then they kind of run into a spacecraft that's filled with alien women 
Yeah. I mean, there's like themes of Earth Girls Are Easy written all yeah. over this. Female extraterrestrials. It's the dream of every 16 Candles uh, twin. Female extraterrestrial. I'm trying to think of like where their sort of musical partnership was at this point, because maybe they're just... I mean, they always had fun videos and seemed to be having fun in them. Um, this one sounds a little over the top, though, so I'm it's wondering cookie. if they're like, eh, whatever. But they look like they're... I mean, the, there's no, like, the sour faces or, like, the yeah. guy who just has his sunglasses on all the no, time. No, no, no. They, I, I meant, like, let's just go for it. Like, yeah. who, you know what I mean? Like, this might be our last chance to be this goofy or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's a and good point, like- Jen, because they do seem pretty all in on it. Like, oh, yeah, gee, I'm floating in space with my super guitar. Oh. Well, that's the key to campiness is you have to sell it. Yeah, you got to... Yeah, you can't do it a little. You got to yeah, gotta go big. Yeah. So are there any deep cuts from this album that are worth listening to? Yeah, the one I mentioned this a little bit ago, the, the there's a track on there called Tata Wayo Wayo, which was something that they kind of were noodling around with that was something they'd recorded for demos in the late 70s, but they'd never put it on an album and they were just kind of messing around with it while they were doing the doing while they were writing songs for this album and it's it's just great. It sounds like an old car song with some modern production on it. Let's take a listen to it right now. This is a fun song. It's yeah. cool. Pretty catchy. That's one of my great things. Is that, I mean, one of my great regrets. I never did see the Cars in concert. But then again, I also heard that they were notoriously not a great live band. Yeah. So, I mean, you well, know. Yeah. Okasek has that reputation for wanting it to sound like it does on the album. And that they just didn't have any stage presence. and Yeah. So, yeah. That's okay. I mean, you know, hey, we still have the albums, so. That's right. And this, if you like the Cars and you've, if you've forgotten this album, go back and give it a listen. I mean, it's on Spotify. It costs you nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think I'll, I'm going to try it this week because um, I'm guilty, uh, I'm sure a lot, like a lot of people in 80s Nation, but I'm guilty of like ending a listening friendship with a band after a certain point, you know, so sure. you just keep, you know, yeah. you listen to Heartbeats up to Heartbeat City and then that's it, you know, yeah. whatever yeah. that album is for that band. But I think um, that's what happened to me with the cars. I, you said it, you know, right after the, yeah, right after Heartbeat City, I sort of like stopped listening. So I'll give it a shot. So Jim, what's your pick from, for a, um, maybe a uh, under the radar album from 1987? So, I don't know how under the radar this is, but I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. And it's called Introducing the Hardline, According to Terrence Trent Darby. And the one single, um, let's open with, is Wishing Well. Uh, I'm on the record, I think, uh, several times is saying how much I hate Terrence Trent Darby. I always like to say it, Darby. <laughs> I, just think, I, see, I, just, I just see Arby's and it makes me hungry for uh, beef and cheddar. So Wishing Well was <laughs> made, it to, <laughs> made it to number one on the Billboard chart. And I think it's the one that's the most recognizable from this album. But I love, love this album and I had so this was released just do the little stuff here the, it was released July 13th 30 years ago 
And it was Terrence Trent Darby's debut album. And I had the record of this. And I'm not sure why I got the record. Maybe I heard Wishing Well on the radio and thought I'd check it out. I'm really... Because nobody would have, like... None of my friends got had the album or anything like that. But I had the record. And I loved listening to it on a record. So I would love to, like, get a record player, find this record, just so I could listen to it. There's something about, like, this particular yeah. album putting the needle down and the way it sounded. But uh, anyway, so it was nominated for um, Best New Artist, Soul Train, and Grammy Award, but he did win in 1988 for Best Male R&B Vocal Performance, which I think is well-deserved because I love his voice on this. And um, what I didn't realize was that he also played keyboards, piano, drums, percussion, baritone, saxophone, and whatever other instruments showed up on the song Sign Your Name, which was also a middling hit. I think it made it. I actually to... really like that song. That's a beautiful song. I really it's like so that song. Cool. That, that's on one of the mixes I made for my wife when I was trying to dig myself out of a deep, deep hole. Nice work, Brad. <laughs> this, is, that's, this is a good one. And I think oh it's on. Unex- I want to know what hole. What hole did you dig? What did oh, you the, do? This, this was, the, this was the, the year after the Valentine's Day Massacre, which I talked about on an earlier show. When Katie was home pregnant on bed rest with the tw- with the twins, she's pregnant, she can't move, and it's Valentine's Day, and I've got nothing, and I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. She's been home by herself. Like, what could she have done? And forgetting that she had access to a telephone and friends, and she had like made arrangements for someone to buy a video game that I wanted and all this stuff. And so there's all these things that are waiting for me when I get home, and I have nothing. And a very Bradley, it's amazing. I can walk. That playlist must have been that that tape must have been like five tapes. <laughs> it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Wow. Yeah, no, that's a but oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 I'm so glad that I, you're I, she would have still been, like no, that. no no jury would have convicted her. That's all I'm saying. No jury would have convicted her. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh well I did um so one that wasn't as dramatic, but one Valentine's Day I had learned that my boyfriend now husband, but my boyfriend at the time had never seen um Strange Brew. Had never seen it. <laughs> So I got him the video of Strange Brew, and then I got him an assortment of Canadian beers, and I put them in a basket, and that was my, and then we, you know, so that was my present. Oh, you've never seen, we we can drink these Canadian beers and then watch Strange Brew. He got me a hat, like a, like a wool hat. Like a toque? I don't know what that is, but like a, like a a winter hat, like just a... Yeah, because we were living in New York at the time, and he like stopped off at the subway, like next to the subway. There's like people selling things like yeah, they sell pashminas and hats. Exactly, and um, he bought me like a pashmina. I think he would have gotten a you know that would have been fine, but he bought me a hat, and he said, "You said you needed a winter hat." <laughs> so he should have made me a mixtape with "Sign Your Name" on it. It would have turned out better, but anyway, have him call moment. me. Yeah. Ugh, was, you know what, though? That was like, never happened again. Like, never. See? Yeah. I, I, learned. I learned. It's a good learning I lesson. I can't be taught. I'm not all that smart, but I can be taught. Yeah. No. So anyway, but enough I, about me. Yeah. Enough about me. Let's talk about Terrence Trent Darby. I do want to mention that, okay, maybe this might have been the reason I bought the album. He is so fine, this man. I'm telling you, (laughs) I thought he was so handsome with his braids and his like delicate little features and his voice too, for sure. But it was all like this one Terrence Trent Darby package that was like so wonderful for like a young (laughs) T. 
teenage girl. So I, I just have to throw that in there. Um, and I will say that this, as far as, I don't, again, I'm not sure how deep of a cut this is, but this is the song that I love and still makes me happy. And it's called Dance Little Sister. I just want to go on the record as saying that Jen with one end really likes Terrence's package. The whole package. The whole package. I'm not arguing. That's <laughs> absolutely true. That is true. So um, you know, I just have no, to th- no homo, but he does have very striking features. He's a handsome, handsome man. And here's the thing. He's still making music. He still is like so incredibly good looking but so this this i've i did not know much about him because like that this is where again like this one album that's where it started and and ended for me but i was reading before we were doing this podcast i was reading an article from the new yorker this was from a few years ago and it talks about how he had this amazing debut and everybody loved him and then a couple years later there was another record that was interesting but like didn't near sell nearly as well he had another album a couple years later and then in 2001 evidently he changed his name to Sananda Maitreya huh yeah and like released a couple albums using both of those names both Terence Trent Darby and Sananda Maitreya and so hmm. he's still making music today and going by that name totally. Like he has buried Terrence Trent Darby. It's, it's so over. I knew that he had changed his name, but I just assumed that that was his real name and that the album, the label's like, oh no, you, that won't work. You're Terrence Trent Darby now. It's yeah. like, yes, oh, sir, like, I will like, sing my like song. Like a John song. Cougar, like a John Cougar kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. No, yeah. according to this album, like he huh. he moved to Munich and then he moved to Milan where he like got married to an an architect or something. And like yeah, he like this name like came to him or something. Huh. Yeah. I don't think it was his real name, so I'm not that's, that's interesting. That yeah, is really interesting. I, I like him more now. Yeah. So we get some learning. So. I need to give him I need to give him a you know the the trouble is is and I think this is like a, a byproduct of the 80s and the way that we consumed music back then. But a lot of times you would hear one song by an artist over and over and over again. Like um, for years I hated the Pet Shop Boys because all you ever heard was West End Girls. Mm-hmm. Or you might hate um, you know, Soft Cell because you only heard Tainted Love. But I think I think what you really need, and that's just the way it was back then. You had you had radio stations, and you had MTV, and you just you didn't listen to deep cuts unless you took the time, and you know you unless made somebody who had the album, or yeah, you know. yeah. And here's the album. No, you got to listen to side two, you know, dude. And uh, and that's when you really start to to appreciate somebody. So I I, will, I, I you have sold me uh, on him, and I will give him another chance on his package. Give Steve's going to give parents package another yes. chance. <laughs> Well, and I'm thinking the way you're describing how you listen to music, but if you do have whatever records or tapes and maybe eventually CDs later on um, in the decade that you have, like you have the time to listen to the whole album. So now I don't often listen to albums. I'll listen to, you know, Spotify and make my playlist or whatever and and listen to the stuff I love the best. But you, you do get a chance to like really just sort of simmer in that artist. It's, it's, I kind of, yeah. 
can we can we take a quick sidetrack for just a second? Because Jen, that that made me think of something. Something I've been doing the last couple months, and it's kind of my own reaction to that playlist thing, playlist mm-hmm. mentality, where you just pull in some of your favorites. Like, I would encourage everybody to like pick up your whatever it is you listen to music on. Maybe it's you know if your phone or whatever, and go back and listen to some albums that you used to really like, because I guarantee there are songs on there that you've forgotten and, and you will fall in love with them all over again. I've really been enjoying it. I'm trying to do that like one a week and this is not an eighties album. Please don't kill me, Steve. But this last week, um, I've been listening to REM's up. Kill I him. Kill I forgot. I forgot how much I love that album. There's so That's much good stuff album. on it. Yeah, so no. just, just dig back into your collection a little bit. Eighties nation, pick an album and just, at Jen's suggestion, listen to it beginning to end. You know, do it in the car, do it while you're folding laundry, do it while you're lecturing your children, something. But just just listen to the whole thing. Consume the whole thing the way it was supposed to be consumed. And I have the perfect example for you, and it's my pick for 1987. The album I'd like to honor this week is uh, an album by Oingo Boingo called Simply Boingo. So that's the song, Not My Slave, probably one of the more commercial songs of this album. Uh, released March 2nd, 1987, so we've just passed the 30th anniversary. This was the sixth album by Oingo Boingo, the first one after Dead Man's Party, which was probably their most accessible album. And at this point in my life, like in 1987, Oingo Boingo was like everything to me. I think I owned every album you know, on vinyl, and the first time I ever saw them live was on this tour. Oh, yeah. And I took, I took my girlfriend, who, um, aka Lasagna Girl, aka Pink Lingerie Girl. She and I drove to Jacksonville from Gainesville. It's the first time I'd ever been to Jacksonville. We went to this historic theater called the Florida Theater, and we had second row seats, and we saw Oingo Boingo. Wow! Damn! And it was mind blowing. I mean, one of the easily like when people talk about like you know favorite concerts, this is easily like. I, they are I so good know. live. Gosh, seeing so them that close, good. that would be a religious experience. I mean, like you get the. I mean, you're making eye connection with everybody in the group. So, and this is one of those albums that you need to listen to every song. It's an interesting album. Um, it's still kind of the same old Oingo Boingo party music, but it gets it slows it down a couple notches. Yeah. Um, not a my little slave. Less is, cynical, a little less cynical, maybe. Maybe there's a little bit more love here. Not My Slave obviously sounds like every other Oingo Boingo song. But there was another song that was a, sort of a minor hit off this album. And it's called We Close Our Eyes. I looked at in the face last night. I saw him in a mirror. And he simply smiled. He told me not to worry. He told me just to This is a fun song that I think they almost always perform this in concert after this album. You know, they come out with the accordion and play it. But uh, the fun thing about this is 
a lot of other artists connected to this song too. And so there's a lot of cover versions if we close our eyes over the years. Uh, Ninja Sex Party, uh, Real Big Fish, <laughs> Alistair. I know. <laughs> it's hard to say Ninja Sex Party and move on without snickering. Uh, Real Big Fish, which you know they do a lot of cover songs, Alistair. And then Susanna Hoffs from The Bangles did a nice version of this song, and it sounds a little bit like this. So obviously people connected to this song. Oh, it's um, such a good song. I mean, the lyrics is. are great. And it is, and, I, I think you've said this on the podcast. This is, and I think you've said this is the closest they ever came to writing a love song. I'm like, no, that's wrong. This is the love song that Oingo Boingo wrote. It is, right. read the lyrics. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. I, I know that Spears got lucky with Lasagna Girl that night. I could just say that much. And I, I remember I had the concert shirt from that tour like forever forever mm, that should have been your answer to last week's pptmn yeah i know you gotta save some you gotta save some ammo you know you never know what what foe you're gonna fight in a future uh podcast um if there's a deep cut for this one though it's a song called home again which actually appears in a lot of soundtracks including the ones for wisdom and home alone 3 So kind of a different take there a little bit. Let me ask you a question. Fire away. Have you, have you guys seen Wisdom? Yeah, it's not that good. It's not no. a good movie, no, right? I yeah. haven't seen it. I even it. thought so as I saw it. No, it's not good. It's one of those ones you watch because, you know, because of the cast. And then you're like, okay, that was kind of a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty silly. I have to so. say, when you when I saw Wisdom there, I initially I thought it said Witness. And I'm like, wait, that was in Witness? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> So I, I don't. It was um. Oh, what was her name? Demi Moore and her boyfriend at the time, right? Or maybe they were Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez, yeah. And his yeah. name, Brad. I think I can't remember if this is actually his first name, but his name was John Wisdom. Yeah, <laughs> nice. that's how bad the movie is. That's nice. how, yeah. Everything else you need to know, you can now determine from here. Okay. Right. Can so I say a spoiler a- for this thirty-year-old movie of Wisdom? Yeah. So the ending is just like the ending from The Outsiders. It's such a lazy, lazy, whoever wrote the screenplay, which may have been Emilio Estevez, actually, uh, 
I think you might have been, actually. It, it, it is. I'm, I'm on the Wikipedia page as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it ended exactly the way. Directed and written and starring Emilio Estevez. Yeah, oh, well, we all, made, we all made mistakes in the 80s, you know. <laughs> cough, cough, vanity project, cough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's one thing that we can never make a mistake on. You know what that is? The Saggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, uh, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. Uh, you know the deal here. We'll play a snippet of a movie from the 80s, and if you can get it right, you're entered in the drawing for um, either a trucker's hat from 80s Cruise or um, a bottle opener or maybe even – Brad, do you still have any of the uh, purple um, rubber bands with our name on I have Rubber bands. How dare you? Rubber bands. <laughs> Rubber bracelets, whatever. Oh, Spearsy, you disappoint What's the name? Me. What is the name? It's a bracelet. It's uh, it's not rubber either. It's silicone. But anyway, <laughs> yes, I do have some of them. Okay. All pedanticism aside. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. Hope you're happy with yourself. Calling it a rubber band is so dismissive. Rubber bands are used to wrap newspapers, not promote our brand. What's a newspaper? <laughs> oh, don't even go there. <laughs> oh my god oh you know what's funny i was i was right. sitting here like like today i'm like i'm trying to clean out the lair in anticipation of packing because i'm going to move here shortly and i came across my personnel file for the last place i worked at the, the nice. AP times and it was full of all the um personnel reviews that i'd gotten over the years oh wow and so i went How'd you do? Uh-huh. I did really well. Oh, good. And so I read them, and I was reading through them. I'm like, oh, these people are so nice. And it was like, you know, I mean, just saying the nicest things about me. And I got all like, you know. Oh, oh for class. Yeah, a little bit. So uh, I say I could have thrown it away because it has no value to me whatsoever anymore. But I, I did save it. So. Well, it sounds like it does have value if it reminds you that people think you do good work. Yeah. 17 years ago. Um yeah. Anyway, pay attention. Here is the clip from our last show. You're like a saint. Because I bought my father a headstone. Saint Chuck. Well, not just for that. You're nice. Yeah, that's Night Shift. God, I love that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll second that. Yeah, yeah. I can never get corn dog. Love uh, brokers. Never, ever gets old. Um, anyway, Brad, read some of the winners. Winners this week include Dr. Dim, Padre Paul, Canuck and Kelly, DJ and Clinton, Dave Augie August, Ed in West Seattle, 8-Bit Johnny from Detroit. As an aside, 8-Bit Johnny, I love that nickname. That is so, so perfect. Continuing, Ryan the Pirate in Nashville, Jesse Elgato Grande Smith, Stony Stitt, Dr. Jean-Marc Bovee, and Kevin in South Carolina. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. That is one nutty hospital. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a winner. Uh, it is the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. Um, we will play a snippet of a song from the 80s. If you get it right, again, you're entered in the drawing for some swag. Swag. Can't mispro- I'm mispronouncing everything. Did I mispronounce Lasagna Girl earlier? Lasa- lasagna Girl, right? Lingerie Girl or Lasagna Girl? Or Lasagna Girl. Ooh, Lasagna. TM. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that's that's disturbing. Where's my T-shirt? But I like it. I like it. <laughs> Those are the things she was best known for. That and the uh, Oingo Boingo concert and the Night of Love that followed. 
Okay, pay attention. Here was last week's mystery clip. That's Two of Hearts by Stacy Q. I love hate this song. <laughs> you love hate this song? I just, I hate the song, but like I, something, uh, it, it ha- holds a special place in my heart. I think it's because she performed it on Facts of Life. Do you guys remember that? Oh episode? my gosh, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> no. Yeah. It was awful. I don't know. She, uh, I don't think she was Stacey Q. Her name was like Brownie or some weird thing like or that. Or Terrence Trent but, Darby. Yeah. <laughs> and she sang, yeah, she sang this song, and by sing, I mean lip sync. Oh, okay. well, uh, as one did. Hey, yeah. You want me to read some winners? Uh, yeah, go ahead. And you know, you, by the way, you know, Stacey Q is at 80s in the Sand this year. Oh. Ooh. So if I get a chance to talk to her, I'll, I'll mention the Facts of Life thing. Giving you full oh, credit, yeah. of course, Mrs. Piccoli. Uh, Jen, why don't you read the winners? Sure. Winners include Dan and McDonough, Gonad the Barbiturate in Bristol, UK, Padre Paul in the Twin Cities, Todd in Minnesota, Charles from Yorktown, Nurse Marie in Bradenton, Jody from Milwaukee, Gus from Gainesville, Tim from Toadsuck, Timmy in Camp Crystal Lake, DJ in Clinton, Christine in Philly, Jeff from the other Weatherford, Lynn Greer, Buckeye Girl, Johanna Pickett, who says if she wins, she wants the empty blood pressure medicine bottle from Steve's desk. You're really yep. shooting high there. Charles in Vegas, Peter Ryan in Montreal, Gabriel Daigle, Lou Grilly, OJ, La Corona, Spain, Ooh. Kurt in Dirty Jersey, Michael Hayes in Michigan, Chris in Cincinnati, Donnie Gottel, or Gottel. Sorry, Donnie. And Benoit John- St. John from Montreal. I believe it's uh, Donnie Gettle. It rhymes with kettle. Yeah, that's right. Donnie Gettle rhymes with kettle. You weren't Got here it. for the last show, but yes. That, that's, Donnie that is correct. Uh, Brad, spin the wheel and let's see who wins uh, the empty uh, blood pressure med bottle. <laughs> it looks like it's going to land on... Hey, Timmy and Camp Crystal Lake, you are the winner, and you don't have to have the med bottle. You can have whatever you want. Uh, So trucker hat or uh, bottle opener or rubber bracelet um, of silicon, just email us your uh, snail mail address, and we'll get right on that. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. We let Jen pick this week's uh, mystery clip. So if you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a winner. Uh, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Long John Silver's put a smile on your taste. Long John's fish and more dinner gives you a whole lot to smile about. Two crispy fish fillets, fresh coleslaw, french fries, and tashat peas. (laughs) Smile. You can get a whole fish and more dinner for just a little more than a burger and fries. Let Long John Silver's put tashat Put a smile on your taste.
back, and we have a few minutes left, so I thought, let's play a game called What's Your 80s Obsession? Jen, what's your 80s obsession this week? Is um, I, Well, I would have said this anyway, but I kind of feel like I have to make a little bit of an amends to um, my friend Prince for not saying Sign of the Times last week. <laughs> but um, <laughs> But I... I'm excited about this, truly, because Prince, this is music, actually, at least most of it, is now streaming and available on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music Unlimited, and also now Apple Music. Thank so, That's a huge deal. Yeah, That's a huge deal. Right? Because re- everyone remembers, like, when he passed away almost a year ago now, April 20, 21st, um, and everybody was, like, scrambling to find his music. They all had to buy it, except for me, because I had a ton of CDs. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that I think... Finally, yeah. Somebody just, I heard someone say finally, but it's a relief in a way. And I'm excited because we were just talking about listening to whole albums. So I may, and talking about how I will stop at an album. And I did that to Prince a little bit. Like I've heard all of his albums, you know, many times, but I certainly haven't heard his newer stuff as often as I've heard the 80s and 90s stuff. So yeah. it's been really fun to like listen to those whole albums. And get to know this like new part of my friend, you know what I mean? Uh, that, that's I, cool. that I didn't yeah. know very well. So I'm super psyched. And I and I read, let's see, that he that there's a deal in the works for his catalog after he left Warner Brothers, and possibly a ton of unreleased songs are are in the works. And then I'm reading this off the thing here. According to Warner Brothers, we'll also be seeing a deluxe remastered version of Purple Rain on June 9th. The mm. movie or the album? The album with two albums of previously unreleased Prince music and two complete concert films. Oh, that'll be wow. nice. So that'll be exciting. For sure. for Let me June. ask you this: I, I noticed that uh, the Revolution, you know, his band from the early '80s, they're touring now. Like they, they did a couple of um, small shows, you know, in tribute when he passed, and now they're like <laughs> they're organizing a slightly larger show. Or, I mean, is that a show that you guys would go see if they were coming through town? I'd go see them, yeah. And I, I live in Portland, Maine, so if they were in like Boston, I'd go. I may go to New York, possibly. Yes, I would. I would love to. I mean, I'm a huge Wendy and Lisa fan, so I would go just to see them. Yeah, totally. I, don't think I would not. Anywhere. I would not go. <laughs> you can have my ticket. Oh, great, Thanks. I will take your ticket, <laughs> Brad. Who's, uh, who's offering it to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Spearsy, rubber band. <laughs> Okay, I'm the rubber band man. Brad, what's your 80s obsession this week? My, my 80s obsession, and this is a strange one, um, I was I happened to find myself on Reddit the other day, and someone had posted a, a clip that was uh, you know, like Nick Cage's acting debut, and so I'm like, okay, well, what is this? And it was this, I couldn't figure out what it was. It was like kind of music video, kind of performance piece where he's in a 7-Eleven dancing around and what? blowing on bottles and making noise and stuff. And I, I'm like, what is this from? So I did a little bit of research and it turns out it was a clip from an unaired pilot that ABC made in the early 80s called The Best of Times. And it was the idea was that it was going to focus on these seven teenagers who are just like typical teenagers, and you know, with their '80s problems and their '80s life. Um, <laughs> but it starred Crispin Glover and Nicolas Cage. 
Oh my and god! Crispin Glover is like the face of the show, and the like the first five minutes of it is like him in his bedroom, and it starts out with this kind of "Oh hi, I didn't see you there" kind of thing. Oh and he's no! Talking no, no, about no. his friends and introducing the cast—it's horrifying and amazing. You oh have to watch this thing. I will Crispin send the link Glover. around. Something else. You guys. It is just I, I you, you will you will not be able to take your eyes off of it. You you will curse me for sending it to you, and then forty five minutes later you'll be like, wow. I mean, there's there are these weird song and dance numbers. Jackie Mason is the owner of the Seven no. Eleven, and he's really yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh! And, and and then the kids have these like monologues where they talk to the camera, and oh. Nicholas Cage does this one where he's talking about like I'm worried about getting drafted. What? And, like, like, and they never aired this. <laughs> yeah, this never aired. It's Thank it's God. an odd piece of television. It's not hard to see why the network didn't pick it up because it's like who would I don't understand who the audience for this is. I'm but, surprised. This sounds like it would have shown up like on Night Flight or something on USA. Yeah, yeah just, just check it out. Check it out. Well, have, you ever, have you guys ever talked about River's Edge on this podcast? Uh, only in passing. We haven't done any oh. real deep conversations about it. That's a yeah. ooh. oh my god. Yeah. Okay, just curious. <laughs> well, we'll post the uh, the clip of that uh, nonsense when we post the podcast. So look for it on our Facebook page, and also look for it on our our regular website www.sit80s.com. Uh, in the meantime, even though this is part two of albums turning thirty, we're not saying we're calling it quits. So if you have albums from uh, 1987 that you have a personal connection with, uh, send us an email. Tell us why it was special to you. We'll read it on future uh, episodes, and maybe we'll feature it in an upcoming show. Right in, too, and say if you ever got lucky because of Terrence Trent Darby. <laughs> <laughs> Picks or it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. She went there. In the meantime, we'll all be uh, going back to the wishing well for this one as uh, Brad, Jen, and I remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a Class of 85 production. Please listen responsibly. No,